Okay, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. I'm very, very thrilled to talk to a CMO. Uh, this is the upper echelon, obviously, of the C-suite in terms of marketing and something I'm very unfamiliar with as a new entrepreneur. However, um, there's a lot of knowledge to be gained for all of us who are starting businesses or very young in our journey. And that's why I asked a special guest to be on. And if you could please introduce yourself and uh, what you do and where you are, and we'll get started. No problem. So thanks for having me. I'm Trisha Gelman. I'm the CMO of a company called Drift. Um, we believe that we're helping to redefine the future of sales and marketing and introducing new ways for people to drive their business um, in a way that's less friction. So it makes it easier for people to buy and sell between companies. Um, I have been the CMO here for about five months and um, I've been in marketing for about 20 years. So I started my career as a graphic designer. And then at the time the graphic design went to um, digital, which is a long time ago, um, I was recruited to go work at Apple to help um, graphic designers work with Apple, which was a newer company for things like that then. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I worked at Adobe, um, worked on the creative suite and InDesign, and then um, went on to work at Salesforce, where I was introduced to software as a service and the whole transition to the cloud, which also seems like, of course, everyone's in the cloud today. But at the time, it was new. Um, and then um, have been at startups um, doing um, leading marketing, all aspects of marketing in the CMO role for the past four years. Awesome. So obviously very, very extensive. And uh, right before we started recording, I'm like, these might be a little bit less uh, important questions than you're usually asked and what you have to deal with. However, that doesn't dismiss the fact that uh, in any enterprise level or young startup level like us, that everyone has uh, potentially constraints right now, you know, consistent with the pandemic and the byproducts of that. That being said, where do you stand on, you know, the, the, the amount of marketing that should be taking place uh, during this time and how effective you think it'll be? Yeah, I mean, I think that it really depends on where you are as a company. I was saying to our CEO yesterday that I'm so lucky that we're in a company that has established ourselves in a specific category and as a leader in that category, because I think if it was two or three years ago when we were just like coming onto the market and trying to get people to realize that there is a new conversation to be had, it would be a lot harder to cut through the noise. Sure. But since we've already established ourselves as sort of a leader that people maybe want to listen to, then it makes it easier for us to keep doing some level of marketing because um, the goal of the marketing is to grow the business, not to like start the business. So if you are on the other side of the spectrum and you are not, you are not established and now you are feeling the pressure to, to survive and make sure people know your product, know your brand, uh, create that, that intrigue about your value proposition, but you're worried that okay, uh, this is not what people need right now. Uh, people don't want to be sold to right now. Like, what do you say to that category? Yeah, I mean, I think what I've been recommending to people is that everybody has a company because they feel like they're solving a unique problem. If you're not solving a unique problem, now is the time for you to realize that and say, well, maybe I have a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. um, but so let's say you have a unique problem that you're solving. You're brand new and trying to get people to understand that. I think the key thing is to really be clear on what is that unique problem you're solving and how can you help people see that mm -hmm. and really focus on like helping people see, you know, what the challenges that they have in the market and how you uniquely solve that. Um, and I think it's fine to do that right now. I mean, mm -hmm. I think you just have to really focus on empathy and making sure that there's an appropriateness to your message so that it doesn't seem like you're tone deaf. 
what then what would an example of tone deaf be and and i just want to and i'll continue that question a little bit longer it seems that a lot of people are trying to play into the fold of the necessity for X, Y, and Z due to the pandemic, uh, when their product may not truly uh, solve a problem, but you and I as just human beings realize like they are trying to sustain a business. It could be the difference between them losing their home or feeding their family or whatever. So how, how can you come across genuinely when maybe you don't have something that's going to solve many problems right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so two things. First is like the thing that is non-empathetic is to just say, I have this thing, you should buy it now. Like a lot of people did that before. And yeah. probably like one of the things that's coming out of this crisis is there's a lot of bad practices that people should not have been doing before. And hopefully after this, we'll not do again, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. like an overall learning. So like, yeah. how can you actually have relevance to what you're saying, doing, et cetera? Mm -hmm. We should always have that pandemic or not. That. Um, the second thing I would say is everybody is trying to say, oh, because of the crisis, this, that, whatever. Like at this point, I feel like it's overplayed. Yeah. Like, it's back to kind of 101 basics. Like how do you have a unique message? How can you say things in a unique way? So I think if you can reach out to people and, and really highlight, like, so for Drift, like people have a problem in generating pipeline right now. Right. I mean, all companies are trying to figure out, like, how do I keep my business moving forward? Yep. And as marketers, which is a lot of our target audience, they're trying to figure out, like, what do I do? Because I pretty much am stuck at home. Everyone's stuck at home. I'm not going to do, you know, sleeves on the outside of coffee cups that people pick up at the coffee shop. I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to do events. I'm not going to do dinners. Like, I mean, there's limited ways that people can reach each other right now. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of puts you back to your website and your paid digital programs as yep. like some of the, you know, webinars as well, things like that. Um, but basically things where you're bringing people together online and for drift, like that's where we shine, right? Like mm -hmm. that's why we're super fortunate right now because yep. we actually have a relevant message for the place where people are needing to focus. But mm -hmm. instead of saying in an, uh, like, you know, instead of telling people something in a way that's tone deaf of saying, you have to focus on your website today. We help you do that. Like, that would probably be pretty tone deaf. Yes. Instead of saying that we can say things about how like, Oh, let us show you five ways that you can improve your website. Let right. us show you the best practices from 20 small businesses about, you know, what it is that they're doing and have done in the past to enhance their digital experience. And we're not mentioning ourselves at all, but exactly. we're mentioning the category of what it is that we do and where we fit. And I think that's probably something that anybody can do. And really like, this is a great opportunity to associate your brand to the people and the category that like you really fit independent of whether they hundred percent initially realize like, Oh, that's what you do. Yep. I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, the fact that I, I think there is a lot of leverage in not illustrating that you are the one to solve the problem, but that this industry and there's many players in this industry are here to help in one way or another. And, and I really feel I had another podcast earlier that people are studying people's behaviors right now during this. And, and, and I think they're not going to forget, you know, those, those people who continued as business as usual versus those people who are trying to just provide whatever value they could. You mentioned paid ads. And I think it's a perfect segue. If we are 
constrained and the budget has changed and everything in our 30, 60, 90 has completely been thrown out the window. We don't know when we're going to resume normal activities. We now have to change our marketing plan because revenue is going to be, you know, hit this hard or whatever it may be. If I'm constrained budget wise, paid advertising in a time right now where everyone is going to be rushing to do it, especially if they never had before, what are guidance would you give to people who want to invest in, in paid ads or paid traffic? Yeah. So first I would say before I would go to look at paid, I would look at my website and I've seen a lot of companies like a hundred percent change the message that's on their homepage. Interesting. And I think like I would look at that first because everyone has a website, everyone has a website up and this is a place that people are going to go 24 seven. Right. I mean, maybe you don't have a ton of traffic and you want to get more traffic, but like, let's capitalize first on what we know. We have people coming here. So making sure that people understand what you do, the problem you can solve, if that problem is relevant to today or not, like let's like seriously look at that message. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that, you know, paid actually gives you the opportunity to be hyper-targeted. And so I would look at my targeting to make sure that I truly know like who am I looking for and has that changed? Like we have certain industries where they're being hit really hard. So yep. if I was really looking at my specific targeting, I would cut those industries out. So I'm not spending money like sending ads to retailers. Yep. Retailers, you know, their doors are closed. They're wondering how they're going to pay the rent when they have no income. So exactly. like I would cut out any advertising to that. That saves me money. It means that the money I am spending is more relevant and more hyper-targeted. Mm -hmm. And then I would look at like, how can I use this time to kind of build a message that, helps me build my brand longer term. I know it's, it's yes. counterintuitive because like you're spending money and you are short on money, but like in the end of the day, it's like, how can you build your brand for being of value to this hyper-targeted audience you're now going after yep. versus just saying like, I have this thing, you should buy it, which is further down the funnel. Completely. Uh, I want to ask you about what I like to call just digital trust. Some people may call it brand awareness, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And when it comes to establishing your reputation in the marketplace and, and, and maybe so far you've only been word of mouth and you have not been doing a ton of marketing, maybe you, you haven't invested and paid anything. Maybe you're not even on social that much because you don't want to learn it and, and do it. If I'm taking the beginning steps of digital trust and I'm looking for social proof, how can I do that when it already does not pre-exist and I'm trying to do it during this time so I don't end up in this situation again? So by social trust, you mean like actually having sort of the proof points exactly. up on the web? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's an important thing is like, if you look at the way that people buy first, they have to understand the sort of problem in the area of the market that you live in, right? They have to associate that that matters to them. Mm -hmm. Then they maybe get to the point of saying, oh, okay, yes. Like I need new tires for my car. Okay. Like who would be able to sell me tires? Then they get to like a list of five people. Then after they do that, they're going to look at like, okay, why should I go with one versus the other? Mm -hmm. So again, back to the website, I would make sure that you have that content on the website. And I would also look at whether or not you have um, like content in review sites. People mm -hmm. look at review sites, even if it's like Amazon reviews, Yelp yep. reviews, whatever, mm -hmm. like making sure that you have that and that that's very secure. And I think it's becoming more important right now because like you're saying, people need to build that trust online. 
Yep. Um, and if you don't have that, I would say like, how can you work with your customers in this time? One, to be empathetic with your customers, help them know that you're there for them. But two, get them to help you by actually like posting more reviews and for helping sure. to get that word out. Um, because that I think really gives people that confidence in, in being able to move forward with you. I completely agree. Uh, I want to move uh, just off of all of that then and, and talk about what you mentioned at the very beginning, which is trying to just make a friction, frictionless transaction uh, for buying. And a lot of that obviously involves AI. And I read an article uh, that you were in recently and, and you were quoted as saying, you know, it's just something you feel like you just plug in, like you imagine you just plug in AI and then away it goes, but it requires a lot more management. Can you talk about um, your position on the future of AI in, in, for other businesses and how, and some of the warnings people should, should hear about the amount of work it actually entails. Yeah. Um, it's actually very interesting because I think most people obviously know the term AI, mm -hmm. they know machine learning, they know natural language processing, but they don't exactly know what the differences are between these things sure. and they don't know what to do with them. And I think what's really interesting is that there's different ways that technology can be used and also like how it's packaged. So if you think of something like Watson, which most people know of because they've spent millions of dollars <laughs> advertising Watson, yeah. um, you know, the way that Watson works is Watson needs time to comb through millions and millions and millions and millions of conversations and pieces of data and things like that to develop uh, the models to apply the AI to solve the problem. Right. And yep. so in general, like you only see Watson being used by really big companies where you have like masses of data, like, you know, a company that offers credit cards might be trying to use Watson to figure out like how do they best position credit cards to the next best buyer or something like that. But that's because they have like millions of customers already and yes. like millions of transactions happening. And so that's easy thing for Watson, but it's also a huge investment for them because they have to package the data. They have to work with the IBM team to like get it all into Watson, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What we've been looking at is how do we focus AI on specific outcomes and really train our tool, not to just be the best AI technology, but the best technology for a specific thing. And so in our case, it's about helping you capture leads from your website or convert your web pages to meetings. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, then like we actually have all the conversations that are happening across every single customer, not just you as a small business. Mm -hmm. um, and we have all of that knowledge of like, what are the triggers that people say when they're like, maybe interested in a meeting, maybe willing to take that next step, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so we can, we can train our engine specific to that thing and we have all the data set already. So the first step with you isn't, oh, now we need you to give us millions of rows of data. It's like, we have millions of rows of data. We just need to agree with you. Do you want to get emails from the people that are visiting your site and do you want to set meetings? Okay, the answer is yes. Then we can say, okay, what's unique about your offering? And so there's like a much smaller lift. And I think that's like, it's the interesting two ends of the spectrum and there's a lot of stuff that happens in between, but um, I think that's the thing for people to understand about AI is that in some ways, like the intelligence has to come from somewhere. Yes. And so are you buying a solution where the intelligence is built in or are you buying a solution where you actually have to spend the time to like build up the intelligence, in which case it means you need a lot of data to start. Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you 
I mean, your background, Apple, Adobe, Salesforce, and you've seen trend after trend after trend and anyone who's in any marketing or I mean, and social media is a perfect example, the way it's evolving. I mean, you could talk about a lot of different platforms right now. I like to talk about TikTok because every trend changes every few hours. It's just, you can't keep up. What are you seeing as anything that might be having, you know, just a little bit of mini peaks that, that are maybe on the horizon with, with all that you've seen and you're, you're just like extensive knowledge base, anything that you see? I mean, we were just having this conversation earlier about like what at this point is considered established versus what's like up and coming. Yeah. And it's interesting because I still think that it's kind of a niche thing for people to really do account-based marketing. And I think that people still have like unclear definition of what is account-based marketing. Um, but I do think that there is like a big trend toward um, really being targeted in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're a small business and especially we we're saying in this time, like understanding who you're going after and why versus like what we used to call like spray and pray, like yeah. sort of like just say everything to everyone. <laughs> I mean, especially in this pandemic, it's pretty much dead. Like it just doesn't make sense to do that because people mm -hmm. don't have their resources. And so I think like, that's a big thing. I think like TikTok is a cool thing for teenagers, but I don't know that it becomes a big thing necessarily sure. for business, but I sure. do think the trend of like what we're seeing out of the pandemic is video yes. and like everyone's now used to like being on you know a zoom like this right mm -hmm. or webex or whatever it might be and we're spending so much time actually in front of people um online that i think anything related to video is was like a super trend so like yeah. what videos are you posting to talk about your solution how mm -hmm. many videos are you posting to youtube or whatever other you know platform you might be using to sort of post your videos i think that's yeah. something it's just really exploded yes really exploded i, I think uh and and we and we could end there um but I, I want to just comment on that i am equated as someone who's been doing video and video and video i equated to January 2nd, when everyone's at the gym, you know, like, here we go, everyone's there. And at, at some point, you know, Feb in February, it'll kind of come back to normal. But this is a good time to even practice, you know, just if are you going to use that medium as a way to leverage your brand awareness and digital trust and everything like that. And, and hopefully some people do who weren't in the past. So uh, Trisha, thank you so much for your time. I know you're extremely busy. Uh, where can we find you or interact with you if we'd like to? Yeah, I think the best place is LinkedIn. Um, I tend to check my LinkedIn pretty regularly. So um, yeah, just find me, Trisha Gelman, CMO of Drift at LinkedIn, and that's the best way. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Nice to meet right. you. You too.